people, 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 what is good? I'm your boy, Reed Richards. Welcome to the Man Your Isms podcast. Man Your Isms. I am super excited about starting this podcast. And I shot this thing like five times already. Just trying to find my footing. It was like just too proper, too robotic, too whatever. So, you know, I said, fuck it. We just putting this one out and we just going to call it a day. And this podcast is going to be about uh, isms. If you see the little word play with it, mostly about feminism, intersexual dynamics, things of that nature, but still some things, uh, what about isms, ultra crepidarianism, a bunch of isms. You can throw ism on pretty much the end of anything anyway. But uh, I was thinking about what the first topic was going to be. And I was vacillating between this one and a couple other things, but ultimately I decided to go with this one because it encapsulates everything that people in the manosphere are currently talking about, right? With regards to accountability and a bunch of just different things. So this is this is where we're starting, right? And just about the the vicissitudes of woman nature, right? This kind of sums it all up right there. Let me just get right on into it. So this was a text between me and this 35-year-old chick on Hinged. And, you know, she had typical, you know, filters, bunch of makeup, no body shots, really. You know, you could tell she was probably a little chubby, you know. So basically, you're average looking at best. At best. I knew she was, you know, like that modern woman that a lot of people talk about. Just, Just based on what, I mean, her age and everything you see in the bio and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And we'll get into that a little bit deeper. And when I can, when I have these conversations with people or interact with, with, with folks and forums and things of that nature or the comment section, which <clears throat> I really try to stay out of, it's almost that the word modern women, it's almost like a pejorative now. So I just decided to call them a state-of-the-art woman, right? This just makes it seem better. So state-of-the-art woman is what I refer to them as now. So we chatted a little bit the day before. I, I wasn't interested. I was just looking for an opportunity to just dive down a little bit deeper, you know, um, just to kind of find out a little bit more because she fit a bunch. She checked off a lot of the boxes essentially. And now I, I like to find a challenge. I, I let chicks know off top. I know about female nature, right? And the unflattering aspects of it. It usually doesn't go over too well, but if you want to smash the chick, don't bring it up. Let's, let's just, let's just put it that way. I'm looking to debate and have a conversation. So my, my motives are completely different. And because I am more gamma male than alpha, I usually try to talk about things to display a little bit more intellect because like the looks, the height and the build usually tend to have them think a certain way. And that's like the alpha fuck side of it. But the additional information tends to give them like the beta buck side of it. And this tends to be advantageous for women, especially if you're in the epiphany stage, because they feel as if they're kind of getting the best of both worlds and they're not really settling. Right. So I find that to kind of be at my advantage if, if I'm going out there looking for it. So, you know, basic shit I'm talking to her about, you know, how's her experience and all that good stuff and how long she's been on. She had a, she she was on day three. She said, uh, do you want like the quick version of the of the vomit too much information? I'm just go for it, you know, let it go. So she tells me no judgment, right? She, she has to preface it with no judgment. And I'm wondering, well, you, you know, you can't judge a woman. She was in a bunch of fucked up relationships in her early 20s and they were mentally, physically, 
and emotionally abusive. So she she quit dating to focus on a career. Come on, guys. I mean, is that not? I mean, right there. Had I been interested in her, out of, the blew, blew me out of would have blown me out the water right there. R big red flag, right? Big red flag. Don't do it. Don't do it. Run. Tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. So basically, we all know that's code for she made bad decisions and she's frustrated because she get, didn't get the man that she thought that she deserved, right? Focusing on her career. The guys are always abusive. If you, I mean, you have to tiptoe around that. I mean, especially because there are, are obviously some women who kind of fall into that category, category with being have been physically abused, but God forbid. I mean, you try to question. You're just going to be insensitive and they'll hit you with the... How dare How you? How dare you? And so you, you already know what the deal is right there. So she's focused on her career. She dated younger men. She was a district manager somewhere. And then she started working at this college bar. She was in the restaurant industry, I guess, whatever. So um, she started getting back out there dating again. Uh, it was a very popular college bar. And she was dating younger men because, you know, um, she didn't really care because probably wasn't going to go anywhere. But she picked up damage from there. And then she shut back down to focus on her career even more. So the question then would lead to, well, why did you shut down if you knew it wasn't going anywhere? If you had the inclination or you knew you already went in there with a mindset was, I'm just going around messing around, then what are you getting hurt from? There's no reason to shut back down. So she shut back down. That's that fairy tale bullshit, right? Where... They think if they go into it without committing too much, that everything's going to be okay. But obviously it doesn't work. You're still picking up damage. You're still picking up trauma. And you're still putting your past on future men and making rules for them. And it's unfair to the potential men that you might want. So this time when she shut down, she got fat. So... And I was telling her, I said, listen, at the end of the day, though that lifestyle, that lifestyle only brings heartache, trauma, and all that good stuff. Living that hot girl summer, you know? I asked her if she wanted children. She's, 30, she's 35 years old. Time's running out. You know, you're a bad bet for paternity, to be honest, with that kind of with that kind of past. So she was quick to let me know. Oh no, 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 pumpkin. I don't don't live a hot girl summer. I dated him. I didn't fuck him. Just saying. And I'm like, oh shit, right? Red flag number two. So you feel like you just want access to guys' time, but meanwhile, you're not putting out. Guys, run. Don't don't ever, don't ever agree to that kind of shit. Don't ever, because she has been damaged and she's making you pay for someone else's mistakes and you have nothing to do with that. And, and as Rolo Tomasi says, uh, iron rule uh, of Tomasi number three, any woman that makes you wait for sex or by her actions implies she is making you wait for sex. The sex is never worth the wait. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Jumping through hoops ain't worth fucking the cooch at the end of the day. Anyway, she has a whole bunch of questions for me. And then she was super excited that she was starting therapy uh, the following week. And what prompted that, uh, I guess the impetus for her going into therapy was the fact that she went hiking one day in the rain and she came across a man and she started to plan an escape and how she would run away or attack if he decided to attack her. And she had her keys, you know, clenched between her fingers and all this stuff to jab him in the eye. And I was like, damn, like, you know, where did that come from? Right? Like, where 
where did she feel that fear from if it's never actually happened? But whatever, I'm, I've already formed an opinion at this point in time. I don't know if it was based on her history, but it was definitely based on something. So I asked her if she was a feminist because like, I know the state of the art women, they're already subscribed to that ideology, even though you may not subscribe to being feminist per se, you still are kind of indoctrinated in that belief about a certain level of equality and things of that nature. Mystery spoke about something forever ago, and he spoke about a 50 person society with 25 men and 25 women. And if you were to subtract the married women and, you know, women who are too old or too young, there'd probably be about four or so options. Um, and this is where things like the approach anxiety or the fear of approach comes in, because if you approach the wrong person, you know, the guy would kill you. And if you approach the women wrong, you'd be ridiculed and you'd never be able to reproduce. So I asked about a 50 person society in a traditional uh, hierarchical setup, you know, from the king, one king and, you know, down to many peasants. And I asked her, who would she choose? And this is something that I ask every woman. It's just, uh, I just kind of want to see where their mindset's at because it's very interesting because you get answers like this. She said, whoever made me the happiest, duh. I want somebody who cares for me, encourages me to be the best version of me, accepts me, respects me. That's who I would pick. And I'm like, okay, well, don't those two things clash? Like encouraging you to be the best version of yourself yet still accepts you. So let's just take obesity. Let's take being obese as an example. How could the person that you're with encourage you to be the best version of yourself yet still accept you for being overweight? They, they, the moment you would even tell a woman that she has to lose weight or that you even hinted towards it. Yeah, that that's that that's not a try it. I I dare you. I dare you. Try it and see what happens. You think she's going to take it in a nice way? Of course not. She's you know, there's a toxic toxic masculinity. I'm not here to be. I'm not here to How dare you? How dare you? I you uh, I'm not here to be blah blah blah. Insert whatever. Insert whatever. So, she called my question silly and said that only materialistic people would choose the king, regardless of how the king treats them. And that's sad. So there you go, starts with the shame. Shame on you. What a shame. What a shame. You know that's coming out. You know, you know what's coming out. So this is where the plot thickens. I was like, so why do you assume that the king is bad? Just, just off top. I just asked you, who would you be with, right? And she was looking at it from a, a shallow financial perspective because kings usually have a fortune and the, and the plebs struggle to get by. And I told her the reason for that question was about security. Because when she spoke about her fear during that hike, it prompted me to give that scenario because I thought she would seek security from the king, right? Think about it, right? If, if, if she had to choose the peasant, and the king wanted some ass, like there was nothing that the peasant could do 
nothing. He couldn't do anything about it. And after I told her why, she still doubled down and said she'd rather be happy with the peasant. This is women giving that bullshit-ass response that you know isn't true. You know it's not true. If you look at the, what's that, Maslow hierarchy of needs, I mean, come on now, right? Like, let me pull it up real quick. Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? Air, water, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. The next one is safety needs, right? So physiological needs and then safety needs, and then comes love and belonging and then esteem and then self-actualization. So, and not that I just, not that the hierarchy of needs is true 100% in every situation, but damn it, how can you be in love with somebody if he can't even protect you when the king wants to, you know? And I'm just giving that scenario, if you think the king is bad, right? You're saying he's bad because you're saying the king is bad. How is the peasant gonna protect you? He has, he has nobody, he has no, no weapons, no army, he has no nothing to help you. And if her whole premise was built on the fact that kings are bad, then why would she go with somebody who couldn't protect her from a bad king? I, I don't understand, but again, this is women not understanding that they're contradicting their own, their own they're, they're contradicting themselves because their thought process is not congruent because it's not logical. It's purely emotional, and I understand that. So I, I thought it was interesting that the whole time that she thought of the king as someone is, is negative, and I never mentioned anything about it. So after all her deflection, she finally admitted that she was projecting, and she assumed that I was thinking I was the king in that scenario because all she has dated in the past were narcissists. Ho Holy shit. Holy shit. Is that not is that not the trifecta right there? Is that not the trifecta? She goes with the narcissist, the abuse, and that somehow people with power or money are bad. Right? Just is that not like the feminist narrative right there through and through? Right there. That's the trifecta. And when you watch other shows, if you watch insert a show where they're trying to hold somebody accountable for their decisions in any way. Or when you ask them about relationships, who ended it, this and this, it's always because the man was abusive. And God forbid you ask, right? You, you, you'll be shamed. Oh, you're gonna be insensitive. You're, you, don't, you don't believe, you don't believe women, right? Why do I have somehow, why do I have to somehow prove to you that I did it? Uh, man, if I just said it, then it should be true. This is the case, this is this, this and this. And it's like, wow, wow. God forbid we, we, we want some information so we can kind of put two and two together. So blah, 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 blah. Then we start talking about children. And why is it a woman's job to raise a child? Why isn't it? equal so she comes on with a story of course the story is never gonna be the the way it actually is it's always gonna be some extreme situation or at least that's the example that gonna that they're gonna give you to be able to justify why they feel the way they actually feel she's like my friend owns a business and and works and and the dad doesn't raise the toddler all he does is work and doesn't do shit else now first off i'm thinking like that that's a lot like if a woman can stay at home and the guy can make pay all the bills that's that's pretty big right there because most men cannot afford to do that most men cannot afford 
to have the wife stay home with the kids and be a housewife. That's a luxury. And for some reason, it is kind of frowned down upon, especially in the feminist community. So now as the state of the art woman, since we are in that gynocentric social order coined from Rolo Tomasi, then th that's why they feel that way, right? That's why, you, you know, somehow they think less of it because why would they try to put it on men, right? They always say, well, why don't men do this? So anyway, I digress on that. Uh, she's like, uh, she was babysitting. The dad came home and the kid ran towards the door thinking that it was mommy. And when she, and when the baby saw that it was dad, the baby toddler turned around and ran away because she didn't know who she was. Cause she didn't, cause the baby didn't know who the father was. Really? Really? I mean, as a toddler, is the dad working that much that, th that the child doesn't even know who the father is? Does that even seem remotely realistic? But maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. So she, she basically said, so I asked her, what would be fair? What's fair? She said, well, if the man works, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, he should be able to come home. And because the mom raising a child is 24 hour job, he should then take the father should then take the child for four hours. So that's about a 10, 10 to 12 hours, 14 to 16 hour day. So I asked her what would be fair? She said, what would be fair is because the mom, because being a mom is 24 hour job. There's no breaks ever. You work 24 seven. The man is only working, let's say 10 hours a day. So he could come home and take the child for four hours. That would be fair. And then he could help cook and clean because I mean, she's with the kid 24 seven. So she needs a break when he takes the kid, you know, maybe she can take a nap, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, okay. I'm like, that sounds like a pretty fucking amazing man to me. That sounds like the, the greatest man on earth. I said, so does the man get to get some sex when he comes home? I mean, a little bit, he's doing all this. You get a chance to charge your battery and take a nice little nap, do what you gotta do while he's cooking dinner and taking care of the child. Does he get some? All right, so, so he gets some sex. All right, cool. Cool, fair enough. Does anybody think that would be fair if I said the woman is working 10, 12 hours a day, she comes home from work, the husband is saying, baby, you take him. You take the child. I'm taking a nap for a few hours. I'm going to go ahead and do this for a few hours. I'm going to go hang out with the boys for a few hours while you make dinner, while you clean. Because, you know, being a stay-at-home dad is a 24-hour job. And then he gets to come home and she's going to give him some pussy. Really? Is it, do we, is this, is this even remotely possible? Does anybody think this is fair? Does anybody, but this is, this is the state of the art woman. This is that state of the art woman. This is what they think is fair. It's because they loathe being a mom. There is something about being a stay at home mom, which they don't understand is an amazing opportunity to stay, to be with your child and to, to give the, your child the values and to be able to instill all the things that you want in your child versus having somebody else raise it. They've never thought about this. They put zero time into it. They put zero time into thinking about how fortuitous of a situation that is for them to actually spend time with their children 
and that the man is making the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, to not spend that time. But if those roles were reversed, people would look down on the men, would look down on the man for being a stay-at-home dad, because we all have different roles at the end of the day. That's what it's about. We all have different roles. And this is the weird thing. Like, when, when, you, when you hear this, does this sound like women like men? This, this is, you're talking about your husband here. You're talking about somebody who you're supposed to want to grow old and spend the rest of your life with. This is, this is the one. This is the person that you decided to share vows with and share everything with. It, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even register to me how they think so, how they think so little of a man. And this is what disgusts me about this whole feminist movement is that it's not about equality. It's not. It's about getting the upper hand on the man. It's about proving that you can do what a man does. But you can't because we're not equal. We're not equal. And that's okay. And you have to understand that it that we all have our strengths and our weaknesses, kind of the yin and the yang, and together to complete it's about coming together as a unit to make sure that your child grows up having everything that they need to be a successful, productive human being in society. But what they pursue or what they want is essentially to prove that they can be just like a man in every single way. They value the career, the pursuit of money over men. And they think they can just settle down whenever they want until they feel like there's a man that's going to come along that's going to be good enough for them. And if that man doesn't check those boxes, fuck it. They'll just be solo. So anyway, folks, I appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>